pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Twenty minutes now after eight on your Monday morning, and uh, thirty-two chilly degrees out there, and many of you are just recovering from, uh, you know, that hour of sleep we lost over the weekend. I don't know. I think it, it bothers some folks more than others, but we're going to talk a little bit about that and some other things with uh, our state senator Kirk Schuring. He is on our WHBC Newsline this morning. Good morning, Senator. Good morning, Pam. All right, let's talk uh, daylight saving time. Are you recouped from losing an hour of sleep? <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. The The fact is that, and you were talking about it this morning, uh, you know, uh, after we spring forward, uh, people have some very adverse uh, health effects. Uh, they have cluster headaches. Uh, there is an increase in traffic accidents. Uh, workplace injuries, uh, depression, heart issues, and it's all caused by sleep deprivation. Now, you, I watched uh, a physician on one of the network uh, news programs on Friday, and she said, you know, you would think it would just be simple. Go to bed one hour earlier, uh, or as you alluded to, uh, somebody is recommending taking a nap. I don't know if that works. I'm not going to take one, but... Uh, but the bottom line is our body clocks are such that uh, when it's disrupted, it just causes issues. It's not that you didn't get that extra hour of sleep. It's the disruption of our body clock. Uh, and we eventually get over it. But, uh, you know, the facts are that springing forward causes health issues. So where does all this stand? We I mean, everybody's wondering if this is the last time we'll change our clocks. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh U.S. Senator Marco Rubio has been a champion for making daylight saving time permanent. Uh, last session of Congress, he introduced the Sunshine Protection Act. Uh, by the way, it passed unanimously in the U.S. Senate. However, it died in the House. Uh, Senator Rubio has reintroduced that, the Sunshine Protection Act again uh, this session with more sponsors than he had before. Uh, the, the question is, uh, I don't know what the pushback is in the U.S. House. Uh, I've not read any reports on that, but they just, they didn't, when I said it died in the House, it didn't come up for a vote. They just ignored it. Wow. Well, you know, I mean, I know that there's that battle. The battle's out there. So I, it, it, we always get to this point and then nothing ever changes. You know what I mean? Well, I think and a lot of your will. listeners would say that's, uh, uh, true with a lot of things, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's getting frustrating even for someone like me who's been in office for a long time. I think we should lead with ideas, stop pointing fingers to the other party and complaining about what they did or didn't do, uh, come up with good ideas, build a consensus and get things done. Yeah, I agree 100 percent. 
All right, let's talk about Senate Bill 1, because this is one that you and I had discussed before and uh, regarding the Department of Education and, and how that's going to work. What, what does Senate Bill 1 do? Well, by way of background, it's all about accountability. Uh, you know, as a longstanding member of the General Assembly and somebody who's seen the effects of term limits, uh, legislators now are, uh, come and go. And it's empowered the bureaucracy of government. Uh, I'll just try to make my point here real quick. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had a division head of one of the agencies in town to, to help uh, solve a problem and, and to cut through the bureaucratic red tape. We had a really good meeting. And he said, I, I see what you're saying. I, I'm going to try to get this done. He says, but I have B employees. I said, what's, what's a B employee? And he said, employees, Kirk, that come to me and tell me, I've been here before you, and I'll be here after you. So that's what the bureaucracy looks like today. And gubernatorial candidates, when running for office, make education a priority. uh, But they find out once they get elected, they don't have as much control as they thought. And that's why Senate Bill 1 passed two weeks ago. It changes the name of the Department of Education to the Department of Education and Workforce. And it has a director who is a cabinet member of the governor. And that director and that department reports directly to the governor. And, by the way, it also changed the responsibility of the state school board, which was established in Ohio's Constitution in 1953 under Article 6, Section 4. But the one thing everybody needs to be mindful of, it says the powers and the duties of the board shall be prescribed by law. Laws are enacted by the General Assembly. So that's what that's what we did with Senate Bill 1. Now, what it does, it takes away some of the powers of the state school board, like uh, uh, the minimum education standards, develop, developing academic standards, uh, model curriculum, and things like that. But they retain uh, their licensure duties, uh, uh, disciplinary actions, and adjudicating uh, school district uh, territory uh, changes. Um, so here, and I'm going to close out and let you ask questions, but the, the, the key is this new department is accountable. Uh, it says specifically in the law that uh, any rulemaking that the department wants to promulgate, they must notify the stakeholders, the people who will be affected by these rules first, and seek public comments. The director also must conduct a public hearing at least every Every, two, every other month, every other month, with public discussion. So there's a lot of transparency there. And it also requires the State Board of Education to make recommendations regarding primary and secondary education. So they're not going to be disconnected. They still will be able to have an influence on primary and secondary education policy. And uh, even the superintendent, uh, the super, uh, superintendent of public instruction, uh, can be an advisor to the director. So, um, you know, interestingly, uh, some of the education groups like the Ohio Association of School uh, Business Officials, they didn't testify. Uh, The Buckeye Association of School Administrators, these are our superintendents, they didn't testify. And the Ohio Education uh, Association did testify as an interested party. So uh, there's some that are claiming this is highly controversial. Uh, I'm not sure that I agree with that. In fact, I don't. My friend uh, to the north, uh, Democrat Senator Vern Sykes, said uh, he voted against the bill. 
but he believes in the spirit of the bill, and he hopes the bill can be improved so at some point in time he can support it. So uh, I think we're, I think most people think we're moving in the right direction. Is it perfect? Uh, maybe not. Uh, and I think uh, now that it's over in the House, there might be some adjustments that will yeah. be made that will get more people on board. And that was my my question to you was going to be about how you think educators throughout the state or even here in Stark County are feeling about it. Um, you know, how it will affect them, you know, on 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 the front. <laughs> you know, they're. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, I appeared uh, a week ago uh, this last Friday uh, to a uh, about 80 members of the East Central Ohio Education Association. And this came up and uh, it wasn't like I was, you know, there there was some concern. There was a state school board member there who was definitely concerned because, uh, you know, she likes it just the way it is. Uh, but it wasn't like uh, it was, I, believe me, I've been before teachers uh, in my uh, tenure. And, and if they are adamantly against something they don't hold back uh so yeah. uh it, it's something that everybody's interested in uh in fact i'll, I'll just tell you this i talked to a, an official a, a um, former uh deputy superintendent of public instruction uh and he said he's fine with the bill and supports the bill i've talked to some state school board members again some are against it but i've talked to others who are for it because they they think that the Department of Education, even though they're supposed to work hand in glove with the state school board, uh, they don't. So um, yeah. there were more accountability, too. Now, that's my perspective. There's, yeah. there's another side. Uh, and again, it largely comes from state school board members who uh, don't like the idea that some of their powers have been taken away. All right. We know it was introduced in the House last week, and uh, so we'll probably be hearing more about that as well. But that I, I appreciate the update from you on it, because I know some folks were wondering, you know, what it was all about. We will chat again next Monday, sir. You have a good one. Thank you, Pam. I look forward to it. Bye.